for decades already, ever since the, the good old days of the 80s ended. So, uh, again, uh, even though there, there's media reports and analysts trying to say that uh, he's different, it won't be Abenomics. Ultimately, yes, that's what they're going to do. It's going to be fiscal stimulus. Okay, Ross, thank you very much. Have a good weekend. That's Ross Feingold, Business Development Director at the SafePro Group. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this week, in fact. In Australia, the SX200 is up about 0.8% now. Uh, in Japan, the Nikkei 225 is more or less flat. Futures markets indicating a decline of about half a percent for the Hang Seng at the open. The Cosby is also down slightly, about 0.2%. Uh, in the commodities markets, Brent crude oil slipping a little bit at $78.06 a barrel. Gold is trading at $1,730 an ounce. Tomorrow is a public holiday in Hong Kong, so Money Talk will return on Monday. However, I'll be here from 6 to 10 tomorrow morning on Radio 3 with a special holiday programme of music and chat, so I hope you can join me for that. Have a great long weekend. Stay tuned for back chat in just a moment with Jim Gould and Nixie Lan. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast for the holiday weekend. Mainly fine. Visibility will be relatively low in some areas, but it is going to be very hot during the day. The very hot tem- uh, temperature warning is in place. Maximum temperature going to be around 33 degrees. And then the outlook is for sunny periods during the national holidays and weekend. But there will be also be isolated showers. Winds will be fresh with a few showers early next week. 29 degrees right now, 83% relative humidity. It's 8.31 and a half. Here's Barry O'Rourke with the news. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, has exercised his powers under the company's ordinance to seek the winding up of Next Digital, saying it's in the public interest to do so. Francis Sitt reports. The government said the financial secretary had presented the court with a winding-up petition. It said that Mr Chen had appointed an inspector in July to investigate the firm and that the decision was made with regard to the inspector's interim report and evidence from the Securities and Futures Commission. Seven senior members of Nix Digital, now defunct Apple Daily newspaper, including founder Jimmy Lai, have been charged with violating the national security law. The legislature has passed the National Flag and Emblem Amendment Bill, with lawmakers saying that as patriots it's only right to better protect the dignity of the country's symbols. They said the bill was especially important as the two national symbols were insulted during the anti-government protests in 2019. The bill prohibits intentionally and publicly desecrating the national flag or national emblem by burning, mutilating, scrawling on, defiling or trampling on them or their images. Ten Kowloon district councillors have been disqualified after their oaths of allegiance to the SAR were questioned last week. Those losing their seats include former lawmaker James Toe and barrister Lawrence Lau, who's been charged with violating the national security law. Besides Mr Toe, four Democratic Party members were also unseated, including Vice Chair Edith Lern. So far, a total of 17 councillors have been removed from office because their oaths were ruled to be invalid. YouTube says it's strengthening its ban on COVID-19 misinformation to include blocking videos and major accounts which make false claims about approved vaccines for other diseases. The BBC's Tracy Bircham reports. 
YouTube says it's extending its policy to ban any videos that claim commonly used vaccines approved by health authorities are either dangerous or ineffective. The Google-owned site says it's seen a considerable spillover of COVID-19 misinformation to other potentially life-saving vaccines. In July, growing vaccine scepticism led President Biden to blame social media platforms for helping to spread misinformation, and he urged them to address it. YouTube said that the accounts of several US high-profile and anti-vaccine activists had been blocked, but a similar ban by Facebook in February has proved difficult to enforce. The police commissioner, Raymond Hsu, says the head of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Xia Baolong, has sent his condolences to the family of the policewoman who died in an anti-smuggling operation last week. Senior Inspector Lam Yun Yi was among a team of officers who had been chasing smugglers near Lung Ku Chao. Their boat overturned in a collision with a vessel and Miss Lam's body was retrieved from waters near Taiyo on Monday. And the International Olympic Committee says tickets for the Winter Olympics in Beijing next year will only be sold to spectators from mainland China. It's part of efforts to contain the spread of COVID-19. More news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chatter. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Nixie Lam. Good morning, Nixie. Good morning. On today's programme, uh, the latest happiness index and the plastic bag levy. Hong Kong people have been found to be happier overall than they were last year, but three out of ten residents have moderate to severe depressive symptoms. According to a survey conducted by a social enterprise unit and the School of Nursing at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University, the happiness index rose from 6.16 points out of 10 to 6.44 points this year, with the level of happiness rebounding to 2017-18 levels. However, the study found more residents have developed moderate to severe depressive symptoms. We'll be looking into why this is so. After 9.15, we're discussing the existing plastic bag levy as a green group says it's losing its effectiveness. Let us know what you think. Leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And we're now joined for our main topic by Simon Lamb, who's a professor at the Tunghua College's School of Nursing and also Dr Natalie Loon, a clinical psychologist, and uh, Gordon Matthews, Professor of Anthropology at the Chinese University. Um, uh, Simon Lam, perhaps if we can start with you, because you were formerly with the School of Nursing at uh, Hong Kong PolyU and were involved uh, with this survey. Um, uh, hello, good morning. Good morning, James. Thank uh, you for your very kind introduction to the, uh, our survey uh, report. It, it is... Yeah. Very correct. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, I mean, it's a very detailed report, isn't it? 61 pages uh, and broken down into a number of areas. But perhaps uh, to begin with, you could give us a, an overall analysis of why uh, people uh, seem to be happier this year than they were last year and why that, that level has returned to what it was in 2017-18. Yeah, it is a very interesting uh, result, and the, the result is quite uh, reflective to the current situation. Uh, we have uh, conducted these kinds of studies for five years, and using the same item and same scale or tools. 
And the uh, um, score now you you have already read it several times. It's six point four four. That is come from a one thousand fifty something uh, participants from online and also the uh, 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 the interview a self reported interview. And um, the score we find, I, I think it's quite quite normal because uh, when during during the um, the study in the two o one nine, it is dropped significantly because of, of the social unrest. And the next years we. We immediately with the COVID outbreak, and I think all over the world have suffering from the uh, COVID impact. And the, I think in the COVID, no one will be very happy. So that the score is maintained as six point something, six point one six. That means no, not a very big difference compared to the previous two o one nine. And this year we rebound to the six point four four. It's quite similar to the two o one eight. And for the for the, the duration of the COVID is quite long. It's more than one and a half years. And a lot of people, they adapt. We, we can come, come from this conclusion because we have also measured the, the satisfaction with quality of relieving, uh, which is combined of, uh, of about 10 scale and items which measure the um, economics and uh, personal housing, living environment, uh, medical service, entertainment, leisure, uh, medians, law and orders, and trust in government, politics, politics, sorry, and the policy, government policy, and all the scores are improved. So that um, from the regression model, we know the internal and external factor are uh, two major salient predictor for the happiness index. And these scores all improved, maybe one of the explanation why uh, people uh, become more happier. Mm. Is there any like a significant um, perspective reasons why they're uh, happier rather than the uh, social unrest before? Yes, um, um, in the social, uh, I, I remember in Taiwan we have already uh, have a press conference to discuss the, how the social unrest uh, affected the happiness, and uh, in this, in that uh, research, we find that all the score about the politics, society law and order and uh, living environment, all the all the score, nearly all, mm. is dropped significantly. But I'm just wondering because a lot of uh, a lot of the Hong Kongers, like we we went out to like hiking and stuff, like and sort of sort of I I would presume we are mentally more healthy than than ever. Would that be <clears throat> one of the cause, or or it is like related to other stuff? Uh, it may be because we we don't um. I think the survey is a kind of cross-sectional study. Mm. Uh, we cannot measure everything, yeah. even though we, we have, have a measure uh, the activity that improves your happiness. This mm-hmm. kind of question in, in 2017 before we have used this kind of question. Right? But this times we cannot uh, offer, I mean, the, to provide a lot of questions to the respondents so that they will saturated and did not answer our question. So we, we limit some of the questions and we did not measure these kinds of uh, so your, your mentioned activity. Mm-hmm. We, we don't include mm-hmm. it in this questionnaire. Right, right. Uh, Dr. Natalie Loon, good morning to you. Morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you for having me here today. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, from your perspective as a clinical psychologist, uh, how would you account for an overall uh, increase uh, in the level of uh, happiness among the public? I think it is very interesting, this result. I think 
while the general happiness index increased compared to the last two years, mm. um, and this may be due to, you know, uh, I think um, this year we have, uh, I think we only had uh, one sort of, um, not lockdown, but stay-at-home periods right, mm-hmm. compared to the previous years. And in general, um, life has returned closer to normal compared mm-hmm. to 2020. And that seems, I think, in large, uh, has to do with people feeling happier this year as they are more able to socialize and um, to be able to go into work and feeling less isolated at home, you know, and with the vaccination, more people are feeling, uh, I think, less anxious about uh, the, you know, coronavirus compared to the previous year, although this continues to be a concern, of course, and I think these things and um, along with, uh, you know, what has previously mentioned can account for people's uh, general happiness uh, increasing in this year. And what about the, uh, the, the depressive symptoms that like a lot of people actually experience in this report? It says mm-hmm. like a lot of people actually um, develop moderate to severe depression mm-hmm. symptoms and sort of a, a bit contradict to the overall result, isn't it? is very noteworthy. I think it is possible that we are seeing a greater disparity in terms of how people are feeling and are doing in terms of their mental health. Mm. So that while majority of people may feel happier in general than the previous years and may feel happy overall with a happiness index score of seven or above, Mm -hmm. that there also appear to be growing numbers of people feeling more depressed from the previous year, Mm. possibly from feeling moderately depressed last year to now moderately severe or severely depressed this year. Mm. When compared to results from last year, there are lower percentage of people with moderate depressive symptoms, but higher percentage of people with moderately severe to severe depressive symptoms. I think it is also important to note that depressive symptoms go beyond just uh, feeling unhappy and actually include changes in sleep, energy levels, appetite, drive, concentration. It is also possible that while some people may think they feel happy in general, they may also be experiencing other depressive symptoms that are less related to their mood. That sounds uh, pretty serious. Uh, Is there enough support for people with moderate to severe depressive symptoms? What can we do? (laughs) Yes, so support is is out there. However, um, I think, you know, actually uh, one theme, uh, you know, that has been highlighted in this year's World Mental Health Day is mental health in an unequal world. And I think with that theme actually highlights access to mental health support. It may not be equal across the population. Mm. So, um, and I think that remains a concern, you know, um, while mental health support is there, uh, you know, uh, how accessible are they to the general public and particularly to population um, um, maybe with a lower social economic status with lower financial resources. Mm. Okay, well, let's uh, bring in uh, Gordon Matthews from the Chinese University. Good morning to you. Good morning. 
So this report is, is broken up into various areas uh, under, under, under the heading of quality of life, uh, one uh, subheading uh, uh, politics and government policy. Um, some interesting comparisons. It finds that, perhaps, well, perhaps not unsurprisingly, that uh, those aged 35 or below are most dissatisfied uh, with politics and society and government policy and trust in the government. Uh, is that a hangover from 2019 or has it always been like that? I think it's it's undoubtedly a hangover from 2019. And certainly there are many people in Hong Kong who are quite happy with uh, the outcome of social unrest, but there are many people, those who were out on the streets, who are quite unhappy. They feel that their ideals have been quashed. And so, you know, I, I think you see both sides reflected in this. And the fact that happiness has increased, you know, many people are happy that social unrest is gone and that we are in a more stable society. But many more people are unhappy because they feel that their ideals uh, aren't, uh, aren't possible anymore. So you see both sides in this report, no doubt. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the ideals are not possible anymore. That's, that's uh, one way of putting it. Uh, um, society, um, po politics has changed dramatically, hasn't it? Um, um, so, I mean, do, do you get a feeling that, um, you know, uh, many people might just be uh, uh, suppressing what they think and, uh, you know, no longer willing to discuss or to speak out? I, I think that's undoubtedly the case, and, and uh, that's... Know, reflected on this very program, I'm sure. But it's also true that in surveys like this, uh, as, as your previous guests have said, you, you can't know exactly because you're not doing ethnographic interviews with these people. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of a survey that they fill out. So we're, we're guessing as to what may be going on. And as an anthropologist, I, I would love to see ethnographic interviews included with uh, the, the survey, because then you could find out what people are actually thinking. Mm -hmm. And for example, one interesting question, how much of the depression that, uh, the depressive symptoms that, that are in this report, how much are due to polit politics and how much are due to unemployment? Because mm -hmm. clearly you have a Hong Kong where COVID-19 has increased the unemployment rate and mm -hmm. people in many industries, uh, for example, the hotel industry are, do not have jobs. That's mm. got to be a major factor in causing uh, depression. Mm. So there's a number of, of different areas here that could feed into uh, depressive symptoms. And it would be good to know more, but probably both of these play some role. Okay, uh, uh, Simon Lamb, um, the report uh, also uh, talks about um, mental capital, the importance of mental capital. Can, could you explain a little bit more about that concept? Sure, uh, but before that, uh, may I uh, uh, say something about I'm quite appreciated and it's amazing that uh, uh, Dr. Long and also the Professor Gordon, even though they are not involved in this study, their observation and their claims is very valid and all of, us, all of these claims is in line with our research team. And um, I, and I also mentioned one thing, that is the difference between the repeated cross-sectional survey and longitudinal study. Uh, as mentioned by uh, Professor Gordon, that we cannot find the cause and the reason because it is a cross-sectional survey. Mm. We don't know. We are not cohort those uh, participants several years. Mm -hmm. That means the questionnaire not, are not sending to the same person every year. Right. Each time we have a different cohort, I mean, sorry, not the cohort, different groups of sample. Mm -hmm. Even though the sample size is very large, but we cannot ensure all of, all the sample, they, they will answer repeated every year. So mm -hmm. the sample is different. 
And um, the other thing is, uh, you mentioned the mental capital that is developed by Professor Ho in the uh, papers in the Lingnan College. Mm. And um, this is uh, uh, so-called involving the love. I mean, it's quite internal, internal matter. It's, uh, so, so we use the mental capital. It's um, uh, involving the love and insight, uh, fortitude and engagement. That is uh, a quite interesting concept that I, I, even though I'm not very familiar with this because I'm not a developer, but I use it for uh, consecutive five years. And every time it is a very high uh, beta, beta that is a, the strength of the uh, relationship uh, between this mental capital and the happiness index. Mm. So when it, uh, every point, it raises up one point, that happiness will increase 0.5. That is quite high. I mean, the beta is 0.5. I, I think the two professors, they will understand what I'm talking about. And, and, and in layman terms, that is a, a very strong predictor. So mm. if we can uh, train up our mental capital, that uh, including in the maybe secondary school students or or uh, uh, primary school students. In fact, we have some project to uh, uh, incorporate the life mental capital training to the student that reinforce them with a better mental capital that can have a better resilience to the change of the environment and become more happier. That mm-hmm. is our, I mean, Hong Kong We Care's uh, philosophy and the principle. Yeah, uh, Hong Kong We Care, your partner in the survey, uh, that's a, a subunit of the Wufu Social Enterprises. Um, yeah, they, right. they have a slogan, happiness is a choice. Um, yeah. Is it, is it, can people <laughs> is really, that really choose? A choice? <laughs> can you really choose to be happy? Can you be yes, trained they, to be their happy? Their concept is that uh, we cannot change the environment. For example, in here, how we can change the government policy? In fact, we, 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 we can do nothing. Right, mm. and in, in in these circumstances, we can modify our so-called uh, for for example, Doctor Long said about the, our self emotions, uh, do more exercise. That means we strengthen ourselves mentally and physically, so we are more better resilient to against the change of the external environment, including your living and everything. Uh, in this survey, I I can also observe some interesting thing is. I have a question asked uh, whether you have uh, uh, self-perceived financial status and from very bad to very good. And um, no, without any surprise, when the people claim they are very good at the financial status, they're more happier and less depressed. This is very direct correlations relationship. And, um, but when I look into the demographic data, so-called very good uh, financial status is mm-hmm. not the income, the high income, the high income group, more than 100,000 income group, income groups, they are not very happy every time. The most happiest group is about uh, 50,000 per month. Mm. And these groups descend more happy. So we, we, will, we will say that it is not related to income, and even though I can say it is not really related to the gender, although we know uh, female percent more happier than male. But oh. every time, everything seems to be... <laughs> We're more really resilient, internal. that's you can, why. You can change it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. So, okay, so, so money can't buy you happiness, and women are more happier than men. Um, what's, more what, resilient. What, what, is the, yeah, <laughs> what, what did your findings tell you were the uh, reasons for that, apart from resilience, as Nixie says? <laughs> 
And uh, I think Dr. Long knows that because every year and uh, we uh, conduct this study, female is more happier than male. Mm-hmm. But um, in the except 2020, mm-hmm. for, the, for the past 10 years, uh, we have this study conducted and except 2020 uh, in COVID, then men is a little bit closed, a little bit, uh, just 0.1 mm-hmm. happier than mm-hmm. women. Uh, Dr. Loom, could you expand on that a bit? Why is it? Why, why, why are women happier than men? Um, this seems to be a general finding of that uh, um, it may be because, you know, um, I think that maybe women maybe uh, uh, have more certain types of mental uh, capital. Um, I think as outlined in the research, that may buffer them against some stressors, but also that, you know, um, and these mental capital can be uh, things like uh, fortitude, as mentioned in the research, or um, uh, resilience, things like that. Um, but also, there's. Um, it's important to note that while that women may be happier in, in general, that um, actually research also finds that uh, women tend to have more depressive symptoms as well. Um, so, that's true. You know, Sorry, I, I, once that's again, true. we yeah. see this co- contradictory <laughs> finding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in 2020, that, you know, obviously that year is the year of the, where the effect of the pandemic was most felt, you know, and um, there is a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stressors related to childcare, things like that, that may have, I think, negatively influenced, I think, women's happiness in general that year, particularly women, but in general, I think both genders as well Mm. that year. Uh, uh, Gordon Matthews, how about that um, that finding that the $50,000 a month income bracket tends to be uh, <laughs> the most happy? Well, I, I would like to consider not simply this current Hong Kong report as comprehensive as though it seems to be, mm. but the overall world happiness reports over uh, many years, because mm. those do give a larger picture of happiness. And mm. Money does correlate with greater happiness, but to a lesser degree than one would think, mm. which is fairly remarkable. And it seems uh, to be only up to a point. Money can happiness well. up to a certain point, mm. but not beyond that. Uh, they often say that in terms of comparing countries, up to about 10000 U.S. dollars per capita per year leads to much greater happiness. But beyond that, no, which is quite interesting. Um, there also was a remarkable finding of a few years ago from the World Happiness Report that the Philippines, on average, was happier than Hong Kongers, which leads to this interesting possibility that maybe one's domestic helper is a lot happier than oneself is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how that comes out in the latest uh, World Happiness Report, but it's fascinating looking at them because th- there are many, many strange contradictions. Uh, mm. Maybe the biggest one for me is that the happiest countries in the world tend to be the northern European countries with the highest rates of tax. Mm. And so aside from the the personal issues that are indeed important, develop resilience and so on, it seems that high-tax countries are happier because there's more equality. You have less inequality in society. So maybe the Mm -hmm. ticket for Hong Kong to become happy is to raise the tax rate from 15% to 50% and distribute the income, which maybe would create a happier society. (laughs) I'm being a little bit facetious here, but only partly facetious.
Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Understand, of course. I mean, but th those countries also have very well developed uh, social support systems and free education and so on. Less um, things to worry and, about. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, quite uh, less to worry about. Yes. Mm. Um, um, in, in terms of the, the survey suggesting, though, that you know the Philippines was happier than Hong Kong. I mean, what is is that to do with uh, uh, attitude, lifestyle, stress factors? What could that be? very tough to know. Uh, one thing that the World Happiness Report seems to show is that there are some areas of the world that are simply unhappy, and we don't fully know why. Eastern Europe, for example, mm. has a, a lower level of happiness than one would expect. Other areas of the world, like Mexico or the Philippines, are happier. Now, is this because of what we would call national character? Who can really say? Weather. <laughs> so, Sunshine. Yeah, exactly. Weather. <laughs> Quite possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hot and happy. <laughs> yes, maybe so. Although it should also be said that many uh, tropical countries, like the Congo, are are quite unhappy. So it's it's. But but I agree with you. Weather is going to be a factor. Mm. Does sunshine lead to greater happiness? Maybe it does. <laughs> Uh, Simon Lamb, yeah. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I mean, how how, well, how much does uh, does uh, the environment and the climate play in the happiness index? Um. It is true, and uh, some research already tell these uh, interesting findings. And but you know, in in this survey, we cannot we haven't measure measure this kind of insight. And I would like to add a little bit point about the, the survey period. It's just uh, during the Olympics, and Hong Kong government start to uh, so-called cash coupon mm. and by electronic means uh, uh, this way have been announced. So nice. I, I I think these kinds of external. Uh, Occasional factor will also increase the happiest ha happiness index, but um, it is quite alarming that the depressive symptom is, is still high. Mm -hmm. And I have conducted a ten country study about depressive problems mm -hmm. uh, 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 during the uh, the first wave of the COVID, mm -hmm. and it is quite um, in line with every country. They their depressive symptom is increased about four to five times. Mm -hmm. Even though in Hong Kong, it, previously we have about 20-something yeah. or 10-something okay. uh, depressive problems, okay. but now it's 40-something uh, okay. during the COVID. Okay. And Sorry. Uh, I mean 40-something, yeah. including the severe and mild. All right. Uh, Sorry, I have to interrupt you there because we've got to take a break for the news at 9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for speaking to us. Um, quick look at the weather. It's going to be uh, mainly fine. Uh, and the outlook, uh, uh, winds will increase and there'll be showers over the weekend. It's currently 29 degrees, humidity 82%. The very hot weather warnings in effect. Provide evidence of a medical exemption. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome back to Back Chats with uh, Nixie Lam and me, Jim Gould. And uh, this morning for our main topic, we're talking about uh, the latest uh, happiness index, uh, which uh, shows that uh, overall um, Hong Kong people appear to be happier than they were last year. And it is back to the level it was in 2017 to 18. Although, worryingly, three out of ten residents uh, have reported uh, moderate to severe depressive symptoms. Um, we have with us uh, Dr. Natalie Lung, who's a clinical psychologist, and also Gordon Matthews, a professor of anthropology at the Chinese University. Um, 
Nixie, I think you had a question uh, for uh, Dr. Loon. Yeah, Dr. Loon, you mentioned about, uh, I asked about the, the severe um, depressive symptoms. I'm just wondering how we can identify whether we have those like presymptoms. Professor Sorry, I, I didn't yeah. hear you clearly. Oh. The last part. How do we identify? Yeah, identify whether we have some symptoms and how we can treat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite important to to do a little self evaluations and stuff. Yes, yes, it is. Well, um, it is important to, to know the symptoms uh, so that uh, people can reach out for help when they notice having these symptoms, you know, and mm. that they may be struggling with depression. Um, so it is not uncommon to have depressive mood or low mood. In fact, you know, feeling unhappy is a, a normal emotion that we all have, sadness. But what really defines, uh, you know, depression and what we call having depressive uh, symptoms is when these uh, feelings of sadness don't seem to go away, mm. such as, you know, feeling low mood or feeling sad almost every day for uh, two weeks or more, mm. you know. Um, and in addition to that, as I mentioned before, that depressive symptoms don't include just mood symptoms, mm. but also affect, you know, uh, and can include changes in sleep, such as, you know, um, having the need to sleep more mm. than usual or being unable to sleep as much as usual. Mm. So having problems with staying asleep or falling asleep. So mm. these changes in sleep are something to look out for. Mm -hmm. And then also um, eating too much or not enough? Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, I think it's important to note having a change from your usual pattern mm. in terms of sleep, energy level, in terms of appetite. So, um, uh, and if you notice having a significant change, uh, you know, that's often something to look out for. And beyond that, also, it can include things like your sex drive, you know, and your general motivation to do things, uh, whether you feel like um, you may start to lose interest in doing things that you used to enjoy, that, you know, maybe hanging out as, as, with friends don't feel as pleasurable as it did before. You know, things like these are often signs of maybe you feeling depressed. Mm. And of course, you know, it is not uncommon to feel like this, especially when you're, you maybe are feeling unhappy. Once again, we're looking for uh, how long do you feel this for? How long do you experience these symptoms, whether they are, and how often you experience them, whether they are uh, more often than not that you may feel this way, and whether it may persist for, uh, for more than two weeks. Hmm. Okay, um, um, email here from listener James says, uh, happiness doesn't equate with the absence of unhappiness. Perhaps people are scared to say they are unhappy. Some reports suggest there's been an increase in suicides, especially young people taking their lives. Perhaps Carrie Lam could include in her policy address the establishment of a department of happiness. To quote Oscar Wilde, some cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. Um, uh, it's, uh, going back to this survey, it's some very um, interesting uh, results that it turned up. Uh, we see that um, 
married people are happier than people who are not married. Uh, parents are happier than those who aren't parents. People with uh, uh, religion are happier than those who don't follow. Pet owners are happier than those who don't have pets. Um, uh, Gordon Matthews, is there anything that we can conclude from that? Anything to do with uh, 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 cultural traditions or um, expectations of society? Not really, but we do all, most of us have something called biophilia, namely the desire to be with others. And so the different things you mention, whether it's religious belief, which may involve going to religious services, whether it's being married, obviously, or having children, or simply having friends, all of these are linkages with other people. And being social rather than being alone is a major uh, indicator of happiness. The most unhappy people are those who feel utterly alone. Now, not everybody. There are exceptions, obviously. We don't want to make this a rule for everybody, but for the most part, other people make us happier. And I think that's what the data that you have just given us shows. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Natalie Lung, um, you would agree with that? Yes, absolutely. That, um, you know, again, in general, uh, uh, there are exceptions, but in general, people are social beings. So we do enjoy, on the most part, social connections. All of the factors that you mentioned have to do with um, feeling connected either to spouse, to children, um, to a pet, or even to, you know, a community, a sense of community that religion may provide. Mm. But Sorry. Yeah, I just want to want to chip in on the uh, the, the suggestion that to to have Caroline on the happiness index. Well, I think the government also uh, did have a Facebook page and a website on uh, it says Shall We Talk HK, which is the government um, um, organizations basically helping on the mental health. Um, they provide a lot of information, so people, if they are interested, you can always go onto that website to to have to have a look. Mm. Mm. Yeah, good. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, and then in terms of uh, people being uh, essentially uh, social creatures, uh, uh, there are exceptions though, aren't they? I mean, some, some people are just uh, by <laughs> Don't nature... Don't want to talk to anyone. Well, well yeah, or, or just by nature loners uh, seem to be quite content with their own company. Um, um, I mean, uh, have you had any sort of study in that area, Natalie Lung? I mean, people who prefer their own company, I mean, are, are they necessarily less happy than uh, those who like to gather and socialize? Well, actually, research has shown that, you know, um, in terms of social connection, and it buffers uh, us from stressors, mm -hmm. it really is not about the amount of friends or a number of social connections that we have, but how we perceive them to be supportive. Mm. So in this sense, you know, yes, there are people who may not enjoy, you know, social interactions as much. There are individuals who may be uh, more introverted. There are also people who may be more shy and anxious socially. But, you know, as long as they have, you know, some connections and um, relationships that they feel are supportive, people that they can turn to um, and who they feel comfortable around, then uh, it does help them uh, buffer against stressors. Mm. And in that sense, they may not be necessarily more unhappy than others. 
Well, in terms of asking for help, I, I think we, we heard about a situation、um, that a lot of people that they know that they have depression, but they just refuse to seek for help. Is there anything that we can sort of encourage people to do so? Yes,、uh, unfortunately, you know, mental health still remains to be a stigma. You know, so、uh, the idea of、uh, reaching out for、uh, professional mental health support may still seem very foreign to a lot of people. So I think that in to to help people, let's say, around you who you notice maybe or who you may have concerns about, you know, having、um, more depressive symptoms, it may be a good idea to normalize it, because in fact, you know, it is not uncommon at all to have、uh, even major depressive disorder. The 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 rate is about ten percent of people、mm. will have major depressive disorder. At some point in their lifetime, so that's one in ten people, and I, you know, in that sense, it's not uncommon at all.、Mm. And by normalizing it, you know,、uh, people may feel, you know, more okay to be able to reach out for help. That it is not、um, as stigmatized, and it doesn't mean that you know something is wrong with them.、Mm. And I think that、uh, maybe even just. Sharing examples and reminding them that even the strongest people may need support from others from time to time.、Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what about factors like uh, uh, desire and、uh, aspiration? I mean, people want things,、uh, and 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 often people want things that they can't have. Which makes them unhappy.、Um, we're sort of straying into the area of philosophy a little bit here, but uh, but um, Gordon Matthews,、um, how important do you think is the the concept of、uh, acceptance?、Um, you know, if, if we if we accept what we've got, what's what's around us, we accept our circumstances,、um, and we don't sort of、uh, overreach ourselves in terms of、uh, what we want.、Uh, we're going to be better off. We're going to be happier. And that's obviously extremely important, and that's a, a very Buddhist ideal of,、uh, you know, accept one's existence now and don't aspire.、Uh, but there's another point that needs to be raised, and, and I was thinking、uh, when Natalie was speaking earlier in, in some of your questions about the book Brave New World by Aldous Huxley,、mm-hmm. where people would take soma, which was a drug that made them happy. Mm-hmm. And、uh, the, the hero of that book decided that he didn't want that drug because he would rather be unhappy. Society, even though depression is a terrible thing and it needs to be treated, nonetheless there is room in society for discontent because discontent does lead society to become better.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, I wouldn't want a society where everybody is blissfully happy all the time because nothing would ever happen. Take the la la land. Yeah, exactly. You'd have a la la land. So some room for discontent for. Constructive unhappiness could be important, I would think,、mm. and, and also for artistic creativity. Absolutely,、mm. absolutely. Artistic creativity is often built of the fact that I, I need to do this.、And、people like Vincent Van Gogh, for example,、mm. weren't particularly happy people, but created masterpieces. So,、mm. so that too needs to be respected. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh, Nat- Natalie Lung, how about that? Uh, uh, we don't necessarily need or want、uh, a society where, you know, everybody's content. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I actually think that there's merit to this point because, as I said before, in, you know, even unhappy emotions, you know, sadness, anger, fear, you know, these are 
often seen as negative emotions have their place, you know, in our world and actually have their functions. And you know, it is actually normal to have all of these emotions, and rather abnormal to be happy all the time and towards any circumstance. Uh, at times, it is important to feel angry, feel unhappy, as it motivates us to protect what's important to us、mm-hmm. and help us realize what may be of value to us. And to that point as well, actually, there have been some more recent studies showing that, in fact, the excess. Uh, excessive pursuit of happiness are related more to、uh, increased depressive symptoms. In that sense,、uh, people's、uh, valuing or you know、uh, excessive value of having to be happy may actually cause them to be more unhappy.、Mm. In fact,、mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes just accepting the way that things are and realizing that there may be things are. Not within our control, but also at the same time, there are things that are within our control. Maybe a more helpful approach. Okay,、uh, and short email here from S says、uh, humans are social creatures, but it is a matter of acceptance in any group for happiness.、Um, that raises another issue, doesn't it, of、uh, of conformity? You have to be able to you have to be able to fit into your surroundings, uh, uh, which may have a negative effect on、uh, individuality.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay,、uh, um, a- anyone care to comment on that? Um, just a, a final word. As time seems to, to be、yes. moving on here,、uh, this relates to what was just said. There's this wonderful quote that if you pursue happiness, you'll never find it.、Mm-hmm. And this goes back to what Natalie was saying. If you think about, I want to be happy. Where can I find happiness? Where is it? If you self-consciously thought after, you're not going to get it. Happiness、yeah. is something that sort of comes when you don't expect it. Of, wow, I'm pretty happy, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not at the end of the rainbow, I guess.、Um, yeah. Okay.、Uh, well, thanks very much for joining us、uh, this morning,、uh, Gordon Matthews, there, professor of anthropology at the Chinese University.、Um, thank you also very much to Dr. Natalie Lung, a clinical psychologist. And before nine o'clock, we heard from、uh, Simon Lam, who's a, a professor at the Tsinghua College's School of Nursing and formerly with the School of Nursing at Polytechnic University,、uh, which was、uh, one of the co-authors of. The happiness index, which we've been、uh, talking about as our main topic,、uh, and just before we turn to our second subject、uh, for the last ten minutes or so of the program,、um, uh, a quick uh, email. Uh, let me see.、Uh, this one from、um, Andrew, which, which in fact relates to our uh, uh, topic, uh, which we've just been discussing, says, "Hi, Backchat. I heard reports on studies in the UK that kids have been monitored as being psychologically impacted and depressed due to the school closures and having the isolation of e-learning. I've not come across anything like this for Hong Kong school and university students. Students here have had the longest closures in the world." World, mm. There has been, uh, 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 sorry, has there been any look at this? As mentioned, the social unrest and severe political actions that impact teachers and subjects at schools and universities will have an effect too on students.、Uh, studies should be done, in my opinion, from Andrew.、Um, This one、uh, relates to what we were talking about yesterday about uh, uh, vaccination rates and、uh, COVID restrictions. Uh, uh, 
uh, Doug writes, Dear Backchat, uh, has the government shot its vaccination campaign in the foot by failing to offer booster shots on the apparent grounds that the infection rate in Hong Kong is so low that such shots are unwarranted? If this position is correct, then doesn't it strengthen the position of those who haven't been vaccinated at all as the risks of catching COVID are very low? Uh, thank you, Doug. Uh, moving now on to our... Uh, second issue of the morning, and that is the plastic bag levy, which has uh, been in effect since 2015, the plastic shopping bag charging scheme. Um, if you remember, it's you've got to pay 50 cents for every plastic bag that mm. you uh, that you use that you use in a store or supermarket. Um, now, uh, a survey which uh, was uh, done by the Federation of Trade Unions and also the Worldwide Fund for Nature Hong Kong, WWF, uh, has concluded that the, uh, the levy is losing its effect. The uh, 50 cents has been absorbed into people's thinking and they're recommending um, a higher figure. Uh, we're joined on the line now by June Wong, uh, WWF uh, Manager for uh, Marine Pollution in Hong Kong. Good morning to you. Good morning. So, so, so tell us more about your study and your recommendation. Uh, for our study, because um, we want to know um, the current practice of the general public on um, um, how they use the uh, plastic um, the bag, the shopping bag, and uh, we want to know their opinion regarding the um, current levy scheme, because we found that actually the um, the charging scheme started at, uh, in, um, in phase one, started in 2009, and in 2015 is through implementation. So the scheme has been implemented for more than 10 years, but we still keep only 50 cents, and we find that uh, from the, all the data um, from the government report about the land use, um, the number of plastic bag is still increasing and so um, we want to have this survey to know more about um, what we can suggest to the government to see how we um, uh, improve the, 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 the problem. Um, so the um, just like you said in conclusion, we um, we got two highlights. First one is of course the um, the amount, mm. uh, the charge amount, because uh, we found that um, the current practice um, there are nearly fifty percent of the respondent um, said that um, they will still uh, take the bags under current fifty cent levy, mm. but if we increase to one dollar, we will only twenty five percent of the respondents would take would take the plastic bags, and even um, only. 8.4% of respondents said they would um, take plastic bag if the levy were to increase to $2. So we suggest that um, the, um, um, the charge, the levy should increase from uh, 50 cents to at least $1 or even $2. So it depends on the later uh, um, discussion or um, some public consultation have to be done by the government to see how the um, public respond to the amount. And uh, the second highlight is the um, because right now we got a lot of exceptions in the current uh, charging scheme. So um, we also have some questions for the, um, the general public about what type of um, plastic bag uh, you think is not necessary to take the, black, to take the plastic bag. So um, there are around uh, four uh, items. Um, the, uh, the general public thought um, there's no need to take the bag. 
So, um, which is more uh, uh, between 50% to 70%, they think they are not necessary. So, for example, is something um, the food is wrapped in a plastic wrap already. But um, according to current um, scheme, um, those uh, wrapped in plastic wrap because it's not totally sealed. So, um, it is okay for us to take a free plastic bag. So this is the most important two highlights uh, we want to talk about. Is there anything that we can improve in the packaging side? You mean the manufacturer side? Yeah, I mean the packaging. I mean, a lot of the, like, like say, fruits and stuff, like they pack in, like, a lot of, like, plastics, like, <laughs> layers and layers of plastics. Yes. Like, can we actually do some improvement? Is there any examples other countries been doing so? Um. As I know, for some of some European countries, they will have um, a system um, a responsibility scheme. Mm-hmm. Actually, we also have the scheme in Hong Kong. But uh, for now, we only have um, uh, the electronic waste. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, so we are in the discussion of the plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. We also um, so this is plastic bag is also kind of under the responsibility scheme. So um, for, for packaging um, in the European countries, they also got um, some uh, regulation on this. So we are also pushing um, for all the single use items to be under responsibility scheme because this is everyone need to um, um, contribute to pay for how do we dispose this item. So even the manufacturer or the public, we have to um, know that this is this is the cost we need to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you're recommending that the uh, levy scheme, uh, the amount be increased to $2 per plastic bag. Have you put this idea to the government? And if so, what sort of response have you had? Uh, we not yet have the response from the government. Um, uh, but as I, as we heard, um, because from the last year, K.S. Wong, the chief uh, secretary of the environmental group, mm-hmm. um, he mentioned, I, I think a few times that, uh, they, they are going to review the plastic bag, uh, charging scheme, but, um, just nothing happened right now. And, uh, uh, but we heard that maybe they don't really want to increase the amount. They just want to narrow down the exception. But this is not, uh, we, are, um, we don't agree with that because I think that the this is not incentive, but related to I think money for general public will be a very uh, good. Um, you can see another way of incentive for for them to reduce the, the, the uh, single-use plastic bag. Mm. I, I see also that uh, in your news release you mentioned that uh, disposal of plastic bags uh, has remained steady at about. Uh, 1.6 plastic bags per person per day. That's a, yes. that's, that's, that's a huge amount. Now, now you're WWF uh, manager for marine pollution. Um, what effect have you seen on the environment? Um, I mean, a, 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 lot, a lot of this plastic getting into the water? Yes, definitely. Um, particularly in this pandemic, because we use a lot of single-use plastic. For example, the food delivery, we are, uh, have a lot of um, single-use plastic waste in the tableware, the plastic bags, and some, um, of course, the medical waste is a lot of things. So recently, we also um, did some uh, beach cleanup. We definitely find uh, demand is going up, especially the masks, the surgical masks. Mm-hmm. You can find a lot of this um 
kind of yeah the pandemic ways I can call mm-hmm. it <laughs> pandemic ways yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well like what can we do with the mask because that is something that I've been looking at as well like like since the COVID like everybody basically well, well for the first period basically you use a mask every four hours right or what is it suggested and now like I think it's like a daily sort of amount that we use yeah. like is there anything that we can actually do like a special bin for the mask alone or anything like that um it's quite difficult because everyone got some you know hygiene or safety or health issue concerns so i just can only um because i'm always i'm always wearing my reusable mask mm-hmm. I, I'm from, from the start of the pandemic because i you, you know some of that but, but like those how you, one, you have to wash it every day yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it depends on how you trust the manufacturer or the, the, the marketing <laughs> you believe right you believe <laughs> Because I, but, but uh, you know, the government always says because the best way is you wash your hand, you keep yourself clean. It's, so the mask is just um, kind of the the the, 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 for the the last step you can protect yourself. But I, I think I can keep us ourselves. I we should keep ourselves clean and hygiene. Everything uh, is okay. Then I'm fine. So I <laughs> wearing reusable mask for more than more than. 1.5 years, I, I'm still okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very difficult for for just so, but uh, we just everyone have hope the pandemic can yeah can can end as soon as possible. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks very much for joining us uh, on the program this morning, uh, June Wong, there, WWF uh, manager for marine pollution. And um, just before we uh, go and uh, uh, have a look at the weather and the. News summary and morning brew. Um, another email here from Alonso writes, uh, the jazz great Charlie Parker was notoriously unhappy turning to drugs and alcohol to deal with his problems and even attempting suicide twice before he died at the young age of only 34. I wonder if he would have produced so much brilliant music. If he had been happy, we'll never know. Okay, well, thank you to uh, all our listeners and to uh, our correspondents. And thank you very much, uh, Nixie, and see you next time. And a look at the weather. Uh, It's going to be mainly fine. Visibility will be relatively low in some areas at first. Isolated showers later. Very hot during the day. Top temperature around 33 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Uh, Light winds. The outlook. Sunny periods during the National Day holiday and the weekend but there will also be isolated showers winds will be fresh with a few showers early next week currently it's 30 degrees uh, celsius humidity 80 percent the very hot weather warning is in effect provisional registers and omissions lists for geographical and functional constituencies were released on september 26th check your particulars at voterinfo.gov.hk If you receive a reminding letter from the Registration and Electoral Office asking you to confirm your elector status, please reply by October 9th by post, email or fax. Check your particulars now. For inquiries, call 2891-1001. The new summary with Todd Harding. Police in southeastern Bangladesh say unidentified gunmen have shot dead a prominent Rohingya Muslim leader in a refugee camp in the district of Cox's Bazaar. They said Mohib Ullah was talking to other community leaders when four assailants shot him. The authorities in Ecuador now say more than 100 people died in Tuesday's prison riot in the port city of Guayaquil. More than 50 others were injured.
President Guillermo Lasso has declared a state of emergency in the country's prison system. And a judge in Los Angeles has removed Britney Spears' father from the legal arrangement that gave him control of her life after the American pop star accused him of years of abuse. The judge said the current situation was toxic and it was in the singer's best interest that Jamie Spears' role as conservator should end. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the university. Set and costume designer. Great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh, so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council. Co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults. It's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher of what's happening behind the lift. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning and welcome to Thursday here on The Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. Quite a few people to do today because we've got to squeeze two days into one. So, what do we got? 10-10 today. A Morning Brew musical first. Did you know it's Maori Language Month? Of course, that comes with a load of wonderful music got an expert for you. John Riley's the New Zealand Consul General. He's a fluent Maori speaker and a huge music fan. Perfecto. He's going to share some of those great sounds with you after 10. So as tomorrow's a holiday, we'll be moving a couple of things around. After 11, Danny Hicks is going to be here with this week's Sports and All. After 11.30, our vet, Dr David Gething, will be making his weekly house call to talk pets, answer a couple of your questions. I've got one about hairless cats and dogs and something following on from last week about what cats and dogs see. It's what do they hear. Obvious one, but always worth talking about. Morningbrew at rthk.hk if you want to email Dave any questions. And then, after 12, after months of anticipation for Marshy, it apparently now is time to die. <laughs> Yep, your pre-holiday Bond-tastic marshy movie time. So join James and Danny on Facebook Live throughout the morning with your comments and stuff. This is Robin Thicke. Everybody get up. 